this is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is My Mind Emporium. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. This is Lady Tiffany Ma. This is My Mind Emporium. I don't know why I said it like that. But I was watching uh, some videos of people, whatever was uh, who you think you need to slap a shot of, um, which Disney character would you slap a shot of. Um, another one is, um, I forgot, I think it was TV shows that they hate or something like that. Um, and another one was, I just got finished watching one about, you know, when you realize your white parents shouldn't have black children. Girl... This is that burning house Dr. King was talking about. Um, I, like I said, I have said on several different. I'm not against. I'm not against um, interracial dating, but to see the children who are a result of interracial dating or interracial mating or interracial marriage, uh, talk about that. I'm like, damn. Or even kids adopted by white people. You're like, oh my god. That's why you have to know the whole story about everybody's situation. Um, you can't always assume certain stuff. That's why I don't assume certain stuff. But it was just nice to read it. Some people I thought was being a little sensitive to me. But um, other people, I get what they were saying. And it's like, you know, and it is it has to be shocking, especially if your parent is white. And they still feel like black people are lesser than. It's weird. But that's the world we live in. But I was watching it. And I know people are like, well, you will bring up racism during Black History Month. And why can't you peacefully do Black History Month? Um, without bringing up racism? Well, the whole celebration of Black History Month is the point of that Black people weren't being celebrated because we built this country, we made this country, and we culturized this country. So that's why I bring it up. I know you guys are going to be like, you didn't do nothing. Okay. But still, you know, we did, our people did this. Okay. Our people built the White House. Our people built a Black House. Our people built a Gray House. Our people did a lot of stuff and we don't get appreciated for a lot of things that we do in this damn country. Um, so that's why I, I bring up people to remind you, especially Garrett Morgan and Dr. Gladys West. And honey, I found out a black man invented the uh, remote control. Then I found out that a black woman invented the maxi bed. Girl, we the shit. Okay, so it's just kind of hard to not talk about how dope we are as black people because we're dope. Okay, and it pisses me off that people will try to say that we're whack and it's weird that there's a trend of, of, of house niggas walking around here talking about that black women are whack, but everybody's trying to look like a black woman getting balloon lips and a balloon ass just to look like us. And then you turn around and tell us we're not the most attractive women, but yet you imitate us 24-7. But it's just weird to me. I just, I never knew that. Um, I have a cousin that's multiracial, but her her mom is not like that. Her mom is, 
Her mama's not like that, okay? I, I've known her mom for like, what, 20 plus years now? And her mama's not like that. So I just always thought, you know, I never, I don't know, maybe maybe I need to understand and educate myself that not everybody who is multiracial has a parent that understands and see black people as humans, as equals. But it was just shock to me to see multiracial kids come out and say, hey, my mom or my grandparents, they're racist. So it's just, it was just nice to see that. And it was just nice to look at it. And it's something that nobody talks about, but it's nice to see people are openly talking about it on TikTok. And I still have not found out which Disney character that I want to slap a shot of. Um, to be kind of honest with you, the Disney character I want to slap a shot of is Elsa. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I don't like Elsa. I know people like when we, you have emotional issues, you don't want people to be bothered, bothering you or, or whatever. But it's like, you know, your sister has so much love for you and you push her away. It's hard to have a sister. She could be jealous and she could have took the throne away from you with that, that bastard. What's that bastard name? Oh, uh, his ass. She has love for you. She's not jealous of you. She's not trying to take the throne. She could have did that. She didn't have that. You know, in most situations, everybody always put it out. Like, everybody always put it out there. Like, you know, I forgot the point I was making. I'm just saying it just irritates me. She people always it's always a narrative that sisters are jealous of each other. And I would love to find a group of people who are sisters who are not jealous of their sisters. Cause I've had friends who are jealous of their sisters for no damn reason. I'm like, girl, like stop. Not grass is not always green on the other side. But it's nice to see that her sisters still loved her, even though she was going to be the queen of Arendelle and stuff like that. And she just keep pushing her love away. And it's like, ugh. So yeah, I want to slap the shot at Elsa. Y'all fave. I always end up wanting to slap the shot at somebody who is your fave. Um, that's just, that's how I feel about things. Um, but yeah, I've just been looking at TikToks like that. Um, so on today's podcast, we will be talking about Alice Coachman. You don't know who she is, you will be finding out who she is. Um, but before we talk about Alice Coachman, I would like to um break down. I would like to talk about some things going on in Spotlight. I want to talk about, and I know I'm saying her name wrong because she does not say her name Shikari. Her name is not Shikari, but we keep calling her Shikari, but I forgot how she pronounced it. But um Shikari Richardson is calling out racism. At the Olympics Games. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this. But there is an, a Winter Olympics athlete. Um, who tested positive. For um, drugs. And is still able to compete. But Shakari Richardson. For you guys know. She was not able to compete. In the Olympics. Because she um, smoked weed. 
Now, I don't know if you guys know it. I thought the whole drug testing was for performance enhancements drugs. As far as I'm concerned, I heard that weed made you trash. Um, people have told me that I need to take weed. I need to smoke weed because I need to calm down. And I felt like weed is one of those things where they are like a downer. They're there for you to relax and to chill the hell out and to, you know, they're not for you. They're not performance enhancement. It's not a performance enhancement gut drug. But she was not able to perform in the Summer Olympics last year in Tokyo because she tested positive for marijuana. Okay. So she's out here protesting that. And it's crazy because the person I'm talking about today is an Olympian. Um, she called out racism. Now I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. As soon as I start my podcast, they would be doing the parade for the LA Rams. You know what? I feel some kind of way. I hate that. I'll be honest with you. I just always thought it was kind of iffy that they got rid of her and eliminated her so fast. Um, This tend to be a thing with Aries women. I'm just, I'm starting to know it's a trend with Aries women, especially Aries black women. Like, y'all always try to find a way to humble them when they don't need to be humble, you know? They were mad that this girl was confident. This girl had the long nails. She didn't look like somebody. She wasn't trying to fit into the stereotype or she wasn't trying to fit into what people wanted her to be. And I just always felt like something was off about her being eliminated for taking the marijuana. I just always felt like it was that. Like I said, she's an Aries, so y'all already intimidated by Aries. Aries are beasts, okay? And she was a beast, a dragon to be specific. And I just always thought it was weird. I was like, hmm, really? And then so now I see the situation that, that there's an athlete that is doing drugs in the Olympics um, and they're still allowed to be in the Olympics. Now, I don't know if they're doping or anything else, uh, or it's a performance enhancement or anything like that. But if you were to get rid of Shikari, you get rid of this bitch too. Wherever this racket asshole is. You know, it gotta be equal. And then somebody brought up something, was it the Olympic Committee? Or what it was American? Was it specific? Was Somebody brought up something that was big too. Was it the Olympic Committee that said you could, she couldn't compete? Or was it the United States that said she couldn't compete for the United States? And that's another thing too, because if it's a country thing, then you fight with the country. But if it's the Olympic Committee, then you need to fight the Olympic Committee. So um, a shout out to Shikari Richardson. Um, I just thought it was weird that you weren't able to compete in the Olympics too myself. Um, so I just always thought it was weird and strange. So, like I said, you do have, is it next year or the year after that? Lord, let me tell you something. There's been somebody waiting out here in the van 
and there's a truck right here there's a truck that come out and they're over here opening stuff right here i'm trying to figure out why are you parked in front of my house Okay, now I know why. Because at first, I was like, why are they parked in front of this house and they're doing all this? Y'all doing too much. I recognize one of the people in the other car. My God. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's Lamont's family. I know who that is. I was, I was just looking at that and I'm over here talking. But yeah, shout out to Shikari Richardson. Um, You know... I hope she get the justice that she deserve, but if it's a lot of technicalities and the technicalities are different and stuff like that, y'all need to really, really rethink a whole lot of stuff that's going on. Um, so I wanted to talk about that. I was going to talk about that yesterday and I totally forgot it. And then today, maybe today was a better chance because we are going to be talking about a black Olympian. So yeah, I just, I just always thought it was iffy. Like, oh, all of a sudden you have this 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 thing now. Y'all let that uh white trash compete in swimming. They say, well, he wasn't doing weed. Okay, but weed is not a performance enhancement drugs. Weed made you trash, okay? Weed makes you crave uh puff Cheetos, nachos, and tacos, and watching stupid movies. It's not an upper, it's a downer. It it relaxes you. So, yeah, um, another thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about yesterday's verses, y'all. One, these verses are getting, like, ghetto or they're getting more ghetto. Um, shout out to Music Soul Child and shout out to, um, Anthony Hamilton. Both of these guys are very talented guys. Um, so they tried to pull one on y'all yesterday. They were going to start making a subscription service to where you watch the verses. I was like, well, I guess the rocks ain't paying y'all enough. One time y'all had Doritos. Didn't y'all have Doritos paying for it? I had them 3D Doritos. I didn't get my 3D Doritos until after the Super Bowl. I don't know what's up with me and nachos and Super Bowls, but they don't come together when I need them to. And I feel some type of way. Anyway, um, they are... Okay, so... It's to watch it on the site. So apparently... You can still watch Versus on Instagram, on their Versus Instagram, and you can still watch it on YouTube. Last night, I watched it on YouTube. Okay? And... Basically, I don't know. I mean, they basically saying that if you want to see the behind the scenes stuff and stuff like that, you have to get a subscription 
to versustv.com to watch the behind the scenes stuff. To see the behind the scenes stuff. And people started tripping. You know, everybody was up in arms. They're like, no. <laughs> no, not today, Satan. Um, but I guess they don't have money to back the verses. I mean, a versus situation, you they pay the artist and it's sponsored. But they don't make money off of the verses, I don't think. So, y'all know, it got to the point to where they were using, like, big places like Madison Square, um, the Staples Center to do these things. Because verses started with, you know, singers and songwriters and producers doing verses with each other in each other's houses. Because, you know, we were social distancing for a minute. So, now they're starting to do these things at, like arenas and venues and stuff like that they started to make it a big thing um it's clear last night that um they did not spend any dimes on the verses So it's very obvious to me, like with the verses, it's very obvious that because they they definitely didn't spend a dime on last night versus everybody was crunched up on that stage. Nobody was social distancing and somebody was already lit. I mean, they were lit the whole time. They were drunk. You could hear them over them. Uh, you, I mean, you could hear the audience. So it was like the sound was kind of off. And they did not spare a lot of pennies on that. I guess after the whole versus with 3-6 Mafia and uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, it was like, you know what? We tired of spending money on these niggas. Which, there was, there's no issue between these guys. Um, there was no issue. The issue was um, the organization of the situation. There was no organization. There was no space on stage. Everybody was crunched up on stage. Everybody was crunched up that was not on stage. Uh, there was no social distancing. I guess the pandemic is over. Because, I mean, I mean, I know people get mad and say, they say, well, you need to get vaccinated and stuff like that. But if I'm getting vaccinated to be crunched up with people, you say crunched up, to be crunched up with people, then, uh-uh, you can die from suffocation. But yeah, I watched the verses last night. Um, I guess if you want to see behind the scenes footage, you have to subscribe to Versus and pay a monthly subscription. Everybody's trying to make money, and to be kind of honest with you, it is because another thing is I'm wondering: Do you have to pay to go to a Versus? Because I noticed there are crowds there, and I kind of do want to see a Versus, like the Versus that I'm banking on and hoping will happen is Nicki Minaj versus Lil Kim. And if they do that, I got to be there.
So um, I'm being nosy, y'all. <laughs> There's stuff going on outside my window, and I'm just being nosy. Um, but like, you know, yeah, they didn't spare no expenses at all. They they spared a lot of expenses last night. That stage was small. They didn't even have a Ciroc. They usually have a Ciroc bottle in the middle of the verses. And low-key, I feel like that was kind of disrespectful to Anthony Hamilton and Music Soul Child. So, yeah. With that being said, um, it just seems, I don't know. I just know Ashanti and Keisha Cole was sponsored by Doritos. You know, how you get a Doritos sponsor? I want Doritos to sponsor my podcast. Doritos, I love you. Okay, okay I want you and Velveeta Cheese and uh, the Dollop of Daisy. I want Daisy to sponsor me so I can have nacho cheese and nachos and sour cream for the remainder of my career. Because uh, your girl tripping off of that. I'm just saying, just putting the thought out there. It's the thought that counts. Dorito, Daisy, uh, how you doing? Velveeta. Sponsor me. So next Super Bowl Sunday, I won't be sitting here mad because nachos were sucking. So today we're going to be talking about um, Alice Coachman with her accomplishments and what she accomplished as a black woman. But before we go into talking about Alice Coachman, we first got to hear a word from our sponsors. Hopefully one day it'll be Velveeta Cheese, Daisy, and uh, Doritos. So I won't be a uh, big mad that I don't have nachos at home. I hope you guys are sitting back and relaxing so you can enjoy the show. We'll be talking about Alice Coachman. Um, get you some hot chocolate. Uh, get you some tea, some lemonade. Get you some uh, Doritos, specifically Cool Ranch Doritos. Um, some Velveeta cheese. Yes, Lord. And some Madalap Daisy on top. Uh, and some Maida's. Just as long as they fresh made us. We are going to be talking about Alice Coachman and her accomplishments during the Olympics. Um, this article comes from biography.com. This is the first time I'm using a .com, but I mostly use edus and .org. So I already told you guys I don't use ed. I don't use anything, especially Wikipedia, because people can change a biography if they want to on Wikipedia. Um, so today's article is coming from biography.com. And it says track and field star Alice Coachman made history at night at the 1948 Olympics game, becoming the first African-American woman to win an Olympic gold medal. She said black. It said black. 
I don't know why I put words in places they're not supposed to, but yeah. And I'll be talking about my beef with calling black people, especially black Americans, African-American. But we're going to talk about Alice Coachman today. Okay. Says, who was Alice Coachman? Alice Coachman made history at the 1948 Olympics in London where she leaped to a record breaking height of five feet, six and one eighth inches in the high jump finals to become the first black woman to win an Olympic gold medal. She wanted to support young athletes and older retired Olympic veteran through the Coachman, through the Alice Coachman Track and Field Foundation. Coachman was born on November 9th, 1923. Ain't that Cisco's birthday, November 9th? Let me continue. In Albany, Georgia, Georgia, one of 10 children, Coachman was raised in the heart of the segregated South, where she was often denied the opportunity to train for or compete in organized sport events. Instead, Coachman improvised her training, running barefoot in the fields and on dirt roads, using old equipment to improve her high jump. Lord, my feet hurt in thinking about that, because you know how hot the pavement gets in Georgia. At Madison High School, Coachman ran under the toolage of the boys' track coach, Harry E. Lash, who recognized and nurtured her talent. Ultimately, Coachman caught the attention of athletic department at the Tuskegee Institute in Tuskegee, Alabama, which offered the 16-year-old Coachman a scholarship in 1939. Her parents, with initially not being in favor of their daughter pursuing her athletic dreams, gave their blessings for her to enroll. Before she ever sat at Tuskegee classroom, though, Coachman broke the high school and college high jump records barefoot in the Amateur Athlete Union National Championship track and field. So she did it barefoot. You know, you know, a lot of people when they, oh, you know, they talk about being older and they do things barefoot. Understand that before that Nike's nice and cloud comfy shoes were wrapped around these athletes feet. They ran barefoot. So I can't imagine the damage they did to their feet. Over the next several years, Coachman dominated AAU competitions. By 1946, the same year she enrolled in Albany State College, she was a national champion in the 50 and 100-meter race, 400-meter relay, and high jump. For Coachman, there was this, there, these were bittersweet years. While probably at the peak of her athletic form, World War II forced the cancellation of the Olympics game in both 1940 and 1944. Finally, in 1948, Coachman was able to show the world her talent when she arrived in London as a member of the American Olympic team. Despite nursing a back injury, Coachman set a record in the high jump with a mark of five feet six and one eighth inches, making her the first black woman to win an Olympic gold medal. King George, a father of Queen Elizabeth II, awarded her the honor. I didn't know I won, Coachman later said. I was on my way to receive the medal and I saw my name on the board. And of course, I glanced over into the stand where my coach was and she was clapping her hands. Following the 1948 Olympics Games, Coachman returned to the United States and finished her degree at Albany State. And although she was formally retired from athletic competition, Coachman's star power remained. In 1952, the Coca-Cola Company tapped her to become a spokesperson, making Coachman the first African-American to earn an endorsement deal. 
Shout out to Coca-Cola. Later in life, she established the Alice Coachman Track and Field Foundation to help support young athletes and provide assistance to retired Olympic veterans. In the decades since her success in London, Coachman's achievement have not been forgotten. At the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, she was honored as one of the 100 greatest Olympians in history. She also inducted into nine different Hall of Fames, including the National Track and Field, uh, Track and Field Hall of Fame of 1975 and the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame 2004. Coachman died on July 14, 2014 at the age of 90 in Georgia. Oh. In the months prior to her death, she had admitted to a, she had been admitted to a nursing home after suffering a stroke. Coachman has two children from her first marriage. Her second husband, Frank Davis, predeceased her. So this concludes today's podcast with Alice Coachman. It's crazy how much, you know, we accomplished and how much we still got so far to go. Because like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I found it to be ironic that, you know, all this is happening with Shikari Richardson. And Shikari, I know I'm saying your name wrong, girl. I'm sorry, baby. But um, it's, it's crazy because everybody wanted to say that she was arrogant and she was hot-headed. People love saying that about Aries. Aries is not arrogant. Aries is confident. Um, A lot of fire signs are like that. And are misunderstood like that. But it's still crazy to me how we fight so hard to be part of something. And there's still always a way of keeping us away from getting to where we need to go. Um, so I salute you, Alice Coachman for all you have done and what you have done. Um, it's the endorsement for me from Coca-Cola. It's the endorsement for me from Coca-Cola. Honey, you get an endorsement from Coca-Cola, you said, okay? It's the Coca-Cola endorsement and it's the running wire barefoot, y'all. You had to be tough to be running barefoot, you know? And see, that's the thing, how athleticism have changed from then to now. You had to run bare feet. Okay, this before the Nikes and Jordans, and y'all know y'all running some Nikes and some Jordans, and it just feels like you're in heaven. Y'all running on clouds compared to what she had to run which is barefoot. Now, I've danced barefoot before, but it's nothing compared to running barefoot in dirt and grass and y'all know, if you're from a, 
a small town in Georgia. Y'all know from the backwoods country, small town. You from the country, uh, you know, and you know, there's high grass. Y'all know what high grass is, kudzu. Kudzu has a little friend inside of them called chiggers. I know about them because one year I got them on my feet. I got chiggers on my feet like three, four times, girl. When the grass is too high, I had chiggers on my feet. Them thing itch. That means she ran through chiggers. Chiggers are these little bugs. They're flighty and they bite you and they go away. I have marks on my hand from chiggers. So I can't imagine running through chigger grass. And I, I know it's weird to call that bug a chigger, but that's what we call them. They call them chiggers. She was running in that kind of grass. She was running through grass like that. Chigger infested grass. Dirt road. The dirt getting under your toenails. Lord Jesus. You know, y'all get dirt under your toenails. You can grow a fungus, right? Y'all know I'm a certified nail technician, right? <laughs> so, when it comes to um, athletes and they feed honey, Lord Jesus. You guys are the worst. Now, I know why you're doing that. But this is what Alex Coachman did. She ran on dirt roads. She ran on pavement. Just so y'all can walk in some nice cloud, 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 not um Nikes. She did all that. She did a lot. Then there was discrimination against her because she's a woman, of course. There's always discrimination. Regardless. Uh, There's uh, one thing that I would say is hard being. And it's a black woman. When you're a black woman and you're trying to achieve anything in this world, in this country, it's always some big thing around it. But there were people who were willing to help her and coach her through what she was going through. And this part, I have to make a point with this part because like I said, I said this about Shakari Richardson. Um, I said, next time, there'll be a next time. There's always a next time. You have to understand, Alice Coachman had to wait into a whole damn war. ended okay the war was for four years she had to wait she couldn't compete in the 1940 olympics she couldn't compete in the 19 in the 1944 olympics 
because there was a whole war war. Keep in mind, when it comes to a war that was happening in Europe and that was happening, she probably wouldn't even have a platform to be on after the war because what if it's just so many things that could have happened so many things could have happened to keep her from getting to where she needs to go the reason I bring this up is because of the fact that um Shikari, it might not be your season. Things happen for a reason. And yet it is a fluke if they're letting this young lady perform in the Olympics, knowing that she has been doing some form of drugs or enhancement. And you weren't doing any drugs that were uh, any form of enhancement. Um, Sometimes it's just not your season. Um, you We see this with Alex Coachman. You know, she could have competed in the 1930 nine olympics but she was not she was not old enough i don't think let me see her birthday let me get it right i think she let me get her age right She was born in 1923, so she was old enough to compete and didn't know what she knows she wasn't because she wasn't trained that well. So she was 15 when the 1938 Olympics happened. Um, just understand it's not your time. It may take some time for you to get to where you're at. And I felt like that, too. That's just something I felt like with Shikari. I felt like it was not her time to compete. Maybe that roadblock got in your way, not because it was also, it was, a, it was maybe that setback got in your way because maybe spiritually you were not ready to be an Olympic. Um, and once again, I was talking about Shelly and, uh, was it Shelly and Price? You know, it wasn't her season either. She competed in the Olympics in 2008 and she didn't win. It was not her time, but she finally got her gold medal. So, there may be a lot of uh, roadblocks in your way and a lot of people in your way and a lot of people who feel some kind of way about you because you have confidence. I don't feel like she's arrogant. I feel like she's confident. You have confidence. You are dragging, honey. But understand that roadblock was in the way for a reason because you could have came back from Tokyo with COVID. Let's be honest. It's still a pandemic going on out there. So, um... With Alice Coachman, it shows you, you know, there's still time for you to do something. It's still time for you to be able to do what you need to do and be an athlete the way you need to be an athlete. But sometimes it's just not now, but your time is coming. And it wasn't her time. You know, the, you know, the Olympics didn't happen because of World War II. But it finally became her time. So sometimes it's just nature saying that it's not your time and you're not ready. And it's and during this process of understanding this, you need to get ready for when it's time for you to compete. And I said this already, 2024 is your year. 2024 is definitely Shikari Richardson's year. Um, so, you know, 
that's one thing that, that stood out to me. And like I said, it also the whole Coca-Cola deal. We over here talking about brand deals, girl. The Coca-Cola deal, the first black female to get a brand deal in 1952 from Coca-Cola. Y'all know athletes don't be drinking that shit. You can't be an athlete drinking that. But it's amazing that she got sponsored by Coca-Cola. And her running barefoot. And girl, you know that's cringeworthy for us nail technicians because we got to deal with the damage afterwards a lot of The pot, uh, um, was it podiatrics to pediatrician? I don't know what they call the people that do the foot doctor. The foot doctor. That's also a lot of work that needs to be done. But she worked hard to get to where she was at. And even though she had a lot of obstacles in her way, she still managed to be able to get there. So I um, I hope you guys are inspired and from learning about Alice Coachman um, and, and understanding that sometimes it's just not your time, but one day it will happen and it will come soon. And when it does come, it comes in like a flood, honey. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. Tomorrow I'll be talking about the first black Japanese animated studio in Japan, girl. I don't know how to say name. It's like dark. I'm going to say that it's a, it, to me, I'm going to be honest with you, the dark part looks like the art. And I know the last part is studio in Japanese. But we will be talking about that tomorrow. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is Legativity Mind. This is These Walls Are Thin. Sometimes in the dark, there are things working in your favor and you don't even realize it, even though it seems like it's not working in your favor. Um, Shikari. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I am like so, so, R-O, so outie.